Good evening, all you creatures of the night. It's that time of year again. The cool, crisp air nips at your neck, and the leaves begin to change all around you. Fall is finally here, and the glorious month of October has fallen upon us. We have 31 days to watch all of the terrifying, blood-curdling films before we finally reach All Hallows' Eve. But which films to watch? Where do I begin? This is the latest podcast episode of It Records and the return of the annual recommendation show, Halloween Horror. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Good evening, all you creatures of the night, and welcome back to the It Records podcast. I am Matt Johnson, one of your many hosts of the It Records show. But today is our little mini episode, sideshow, whatever you like to call it. But it is a recommendation show that we have titled Halloween Horror. What is that, you might ask? And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. What Halloween Horror is, is every October, I do this little solo show where I am recommending a movie Every day throughout October. And I do that just because I love horror movies we do on this podcast, but maybe you as a listener aren't watching them as frequently as we are throughout the year. But as we roll closer to Halloween, maybe you might be more receptive to different movies or want to watch some new ones, ones you've never heard of, some favorites from the past. So hopefully with these suggestions, you'll find one that you want to watch. You don't have to watch all of them if you don't want. It'd be awesome if you did, if you watch them in order. But we're just trying to give you some suggestions. Maybe one piques your fancy. And with these, we are starting to move throughout horror history. That was smooth. That was a very smooth transition. But all I mean to say is we are doing a theme this year with Halloween Horror where every day is a different year in horror history. Meaning on the first day of October, we did 1989. On October 2nd, we did a film from 1988. So on and so forth until we get to Halloween it will be a movie from 1960. So you'll get to see how the genre has kind of evolved and how it's changed. So that's kind of exciting. Last year we went from 1990 to 2020. So now we're kind of moving backwards, but where does that leave us today on October 10th? It is smack dab at the end of the eighties. We are in 1980. I know I said the end of them, but we're moving backwards. So technically 1980 is the end of the eighties. We just moved through them. And we're in 1980, where we talked about an American comedy horror film directed by Kevin Connor, Motel Hell. That's right. And I've picked up on a trend these past couple. I've been doing kind of horror comedy, slapstick horror movies. Uh, maybe I find them a little lighter. If I don't know what that is, where it's like that. Maybe I've mentioned this in the past in a couple other podcasts, like that cozy feel. Maybe since they're horror comedies, they're more easily accessible to watch in like a group setting. If you're going to bring a bunch of people over, 
This, this movie definitely doesn't have like an adult Disney feel. That's another one that can be like a group setting, an adult Disney feel where it's like horror elements, but it's not scary. It's not gory. This one's a little disturbing. The the subtext or the the plot of the movie and some some of the actual violence. So it it it, it is for only a certain audience, but since it's that horror comedy element, it kind of lends itself well maybe to having some people over, uh, popping the popcorn and, and watching someone like a Saturday night. Maybe you'll get a laugh or two out of it as well as you watch this. But if you've never heard of Motel Hell, uh, maybe you haven't. Quick synopsis of the movie. A seemingly friendly farmer and his sister kidnap unsuspecting travelers and bury them alive, using them to create, quote, the special meat they are famous for. That's right. And some of the the main people in this movie, the actually the main farmer is Rory Calhoun. There's a famous Simpsons joke about Rory Calhoun, but also he's kind of famous from like old westerns. That's kind of his thing. But he's also in a lot of B horror movies. Uh, he's actually in not B horror movies, but movies like this horror movies that may be nonsensical, a little slapstick horror. He's in How Comes the Frog Town, the Roddy Piper. We just did uh, They Live earlier with Roddy Piper in it uh, in 1988, right? Yeah, 1988. He's in that movie with him. So he plays a, a lead role in this film. As I mentioned, it was directed by Kevin Connor, but it was originally slated to be Toby Hooper to direct this one. Toby Hooper is known for doing Poltergeist, but more specifically Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original there. And he was slated to do it, but then due to some budgetary constraints, production constraints, he was kind of pulled off of it. And we did not get Toby Hooper directing this film, which is interesting because it was originally meant to be kind of a serious horror film that had moments of disturbing wit and irony, apparently. But since that happened, Toby Hooper drops out, it becomes low budget. They decide to go more of a route of horror comedy. And it's kind of meant to be seen as a satire of movies like Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is maybe why Toby Hooper wanted to do it, almost to poke fun or ridicule some of like the shortcomings of that genre. And I think it still does that uh, to some extent. And people seem to enjoy that one on a commercial side because 68%, it's still 68% Rotten Tomatoes. So it's still higher up there. It's not as high as some of the other ones we've done. It's getting close to that 50% mark, but 68% is still pretty high and 49% on an audience score. And actually even Robert Ebert gave it uh, three out of four stars when, when he was reviewing it. Cause I think he picks up on some of that satire elements. Uh, he says what, Motel Hell brings to this genre is that refreshing sound of laughter. The movie is disgusting, of course. It's impossible to satirize the material, I imagine, without presenting the subject matter you're satirizing. So he kind of gets that. There are maybe when people watch this, they might see it as a silly horror movie. And, you know, oh, why would they do that? Why are they, you know, doing these actions? It's silly. It's, it's, it's not scary. And I think that was intentional. And they said it was to kind of satirize the genre as what it was in 1980, they were doing that. And as well, I don't think it, you know, executes perfectly or it's meant to be anything, you know, greater than, you know, almost like a, a scream movie kind of trying to play on tropes from previous horror movies, but it's entertaining for that respect. I think it's, it's, it's an enjoyable B horror movie ride that, you know, I, I I would say it's better for that group kind of setting to pop it in with some of those other, you know, crazy titled movies, Um, maybe get a laugh or two out of them. Maybe you could watch it. I did the howling last, last time and they're both kind of horror comedies. 
uh, and maybe it'd be a good one to watch back to back. Even Creep Show, I did in '82. That's like an anthology type one that has horror comedy elements to it. Watch, watch all three of those in a row, um, and kind of pick up the differences in what they were doing in terms of horror comedy from '80, '81 to '82. Was the Howling using anything they saw in Motel Hell or anything like that, uh, or they, you saw something that was different in the Creep Show compared to Motel Hell that happened in 1980 uh, later on. So that that's Motel Hell, just a, a general overview of it and, and what it was trying to do. Would have been interesting to see Toby Hooper behind this, but there were other films that came out in 1980. If you're looking to see similar movies that were coming out in 1980. Okay, so some movies that came out in 1980s, if you're looking to see any differences, sorry, 1980s specifically, there's, there's quite a few of them. There is the original Friday the 13th. So that's the original one with Pamela Voorhees being the killer. Spoilers. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you know horror movies and you know that already. But that's the original Friday the 13th. Cannibal Holocaust, which is uh, that's a tough one um, to, to watch. That's, you know, there's cannibalism. That's, there's a lot of heavy violence in that film. The Shining's a big one. Stanley Kubrick, that's that's huge. The Changeling, though, the Changeling also came out in 1980. And I, as I mentioned when I did the Howling yesterday, how I think American Werewolf in London overshadowed uh, the Howling. I think a similar thing happened with the Changeling in 1980, where people remember the Shining. People went and saw the Shining for good reason. It's a very good film, but the Changeling I think is also very good. Uh, it's a good like haunted house ghost story, but because it just came out at the same time, it kind of got overshadowed by The Shining. So that's those are two other ones in the 1980s. If you want to compare like haunted house films, you have The Shining and The Changeling. Prom Night came out with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, and then The Fog is 1980 as well. So 1980 was a pretty good year for horror, if I can say, if I can make that critique or that that statement, or at least movies that I like. But there are other worldly events that happened in 1980 that were not movie-related. One is the Rubik's Cube debuts. That's right. The Rubik's Cube puzzle debuts internationally during January as a toy fair. Not, not as a toy fair, but at a toy fair in London. The toy had been created by Emu Rubik in the 1970s and was first patented as the Magic Cube in Hungary. In 1975, the colorful puzzle was soon picked up by Idle Toys to develop a toy for global market. And as you get in 1980, the U.S. Uh, hockey team defeats the Soviet Union. Uh, what was labeled as the Miracle on Ice or the movie that had Kurt Russell in it. Mount St. Helena erupts. A series of small earthquakes near Mount St. Helens in Washington State begin in March of 1980. The volcano remained active through most of April, but then ceased activity for a number of days. Volcanic activity began again in May. By the middle of May, the pressure built and on uh, Mount St. Helens experienced a huge eruption that created avalanches, explosions, large ash clouds, mudslides, and massive damage to the surrounding area. And then finally, uh, in September of 1980, the Iran-Iraq War begins. But that is it. That's it for world history for today. If you're looking to watch Motel Hell, unfortunately, Shutter fans, I did not see it on there. But other than that, it's pretty accessible if you're looking at Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Prime, all of the kind of those services where you can rent them, uh, you can rent uh, Motel Hell through there. But I, I didn't see it on Shutter. No Netflix, no Hulu for uh, subscription. But maybe, maybe that'll change by the time you're listening to this. But currently, no. But until then, that'll round out October 10th. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next time on October 11th. 
and we will be in the 70s. We're going to be in the 70s now. So we'll be moving through that era and we'll kind of see how that's different from the 80s potentially. But until then, I'm Matt Johnson and I will remain in the shadows. Jason was my son and today is his birthday.